the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We are at episode 346. I'm Paul Spain. I'm Thea Gibson. I'm Mike Nooney. How are we doing, gentlemen? Thank you for joining the show. Yeah, not bad. Good, thanks. Good, good. Now, uh, Theo, maybe we can start with you. Can you let us know where you fit into the uh, the technology and and podcasting world? Sure. Um, uh, by day, I uh, oh, there you go. Um, by day, I work for uh, Atomize Limited, which is uh, we basically do broadcast um, broadcast editing support. So we uh, work with TVNZ, MediaWorks, Warner Brothers, Parkroad Post, Weta Digital. So basically, yeah, that's that's kind of where I fit in. That's my day job. Yep. And so then, you're very much embedded in the in the in the tech world. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that for a long time. Um, and uh, and by night, I guess I I've, I do the NZ Electric Vehicle Podcast, which we've just started up. So yes, that's, I'm very, that's very much very exciting. Yes, I'm very. We, we alluded to it last week that <laughs> oh, there might be a new podcast coming in the next few days. And so this is this is the official announcement. Yes, yep, yep. So we've got uh, we've got two episodes up online already. So I hope you listen listen along. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I do. And how long have you been dabbling in the world of electric vehicles? Um, I started in two thousand and nine by converting my own uh, petrol car to electric. Is where I started. So you couldn't buy them in New Zealand. So so you I made thought, one. So I made one. Um, and 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 then the bug stuck, and I've been doing it ever since. Yeah. Very cool, yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's hosted by yourself and, and D West. So D West is uh, she's she's um, from the wonderful world of ChargeNet. So they're the guys installing all the quick chargers around New Zealand at the moment. So two thirds of the quick chargers for electric vehicles are theirs, and they've also started up the um, Better New Zealand um, NZ Trust, which is a, uh, a trust set up to promote electric vehicles. So yeah, we just sit down and netter on a couch about electric cars, really. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I've enjoyed the first two two episodes. So good. Um, yeah, great great to have that on board. Yeah. And Mike, where did where do you fit into this so, world of tech? Thanks for having me on, Paul. Other than being a listener to the podcast. Absolutely, an avid listener, definitely. So great to be here. Uh, now I work for Air New Zealand as head of architecture. And prior to Air New Zealand, I was with Ryan Health, and prior to that, Paid Global. Um, so a series of product development companies and. You know, a uh, former Java and .NET developer, and you know, quite a technical background, and um, you know, dad in the as a second job, and uh, really interested in emerging technology. So I try and stay across as much of it as I can, and, and all the changes there. So yeah, great. Oh, it's yeah. good to good to have you uh, have you on the the show, um, and yeah, thanks for introducing yourself at the CIO uh, summit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's always uh, it's always good to actually. Yeah, meet listeners in, in person, and when we got talking, it, it seemed yeah. obvious it'd be uh, fun to have you on the show. So let's jump in. Now, quite a few things to talk about today, and certainly a, a fair uh, degree of topics that have quite a New Zealand perspective to them. Uh, but first up, uh, Google using artificial intelligence to uh, create and um, 
and f- I guess find and and create really stunning uh, landscape um, photos from the imagery that they're capturing uh, with their Google uh, Street Street View uh, scenarios, which is I guess comes from vehicles and you know varying other mm. uh, methods that they use to capture uh, that information. Um, this I found quite quite cool. Uh, certainly a use of uh, AI that I hadn't uh, hadn't mm. thought of before. Mm. And we tend to think of, um, you know, creative, uh, the creative arts and creative endeavors of sort of being something that maybe that's an area that AI isn't can't touch isn't so relevant <laughs> to right. We're still going to need humans to be creative. Um, what's your thoughts on on this, Theo? We're working in the creative world. Yeah, well, I guess I'm. You know, I've worked in the creative world for a long time. I've done lots of theatre and all sorts of things um, and, and I, my, my family's all in the arts as well so you know we've had many a discussion around this exact topic and we've always said well you know everyone else has lose their job so we'll be okay but if you know this is the way things are going maybe not <laughs> it's a little worrying yeah so uh, I mean the way I the, the way I take it is that they're um, they're using AI to sort of work out what of the you know the images that, that come into Street View uh, maybe fall into a category that mm. could be, you know, nice landscapes, and then they're using the technology what to do the to carry out the operations that maybe a, a photographer would usually do to to give an image a lift. Is that your take on it, Mike? Yeah, well, I think we saw the beginnings of this of this with panorama photos on, say, your iPhone, where yeah. you know you pan across and it's doing it's stitching something together in the background mm. and. Mm. You know, this is an evolution of that where obviously the AI is just going out there and scanning and finding images and then just, yeah, really creatively stitching it together. And who would have thought that the, you know, well, medium to closer to high end photographer is kind of wet where, you know, their creative knowledge could be automated. Mm. I mean, if you but if you think about a, 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 a photographer, they would generally capture that image close to what the finished product is in the first place, you know, so they wouldn't be needing to do as much work as probably this program's doing to create those images. Yeah, but there, there are, I mean, I, I know a friend of mine um, who we've had on the podcast before, yeah. uh, Jason Hosking, professional photographer, and he shoots a lot of landscape uh, type stuff mm. and, and uh, nature type photography. And I remember talking to him about uh, the work that he does for, for Getty Images and to submit an image to their library, it sounded like not only do you have to capture this incredible image, which you know, takes a long time before you, you know, from his perspective, he says, oh, there's only, a, there's only a few images a year or a few photos a year that I take that are really outstanding and, yeah, yeah. and so on. Um, so, you know, over a year, if he gets, you know, maybe 10 images that are, that are up there, and maybe not even that many because he's yeah. such a perfectionist. Uh, but then... He said, you know, every one that you take, you put hours into actually, you know, tuning and, and, and adjusting yeah. and sort of, you know, to, you know uh, to a level that then, and maybe this is the perfectionist in him, is sort of at a level that he's happy to submit. Yes. And these are raw images that are, you know, really, really big. And mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, it's quite a big, yeah. uh, quite a big process. If you imagine so, that just all being taken yeah. care of and you forget the work, uh, I mean, I... Uh, yeah, I'd be curious whether he'd be actually interested in this piece mm. to do that heavy lifting for yeah. him. Yeah. Watch what he does, yeah. 
get a handle on what a, what a pro photography does and then handle that bit. Yeah. Uh, but how he would feel about the um, the the other <laughs> the other side? Maybe um, we'll have two categories of photo, photo competitions: AI power assisted. Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. Plain human. AI versus human. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure how to how to how to feel about that actually. <laughs> it's. Um, yeah, well, I guess that's that's the reality, though, of the new world that we're entering into, where exactly. where AI will touch so yep. many things. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, I mean, the last few days also there was, and this was a continuation on uh, from previously, but I don't know if either of you saw the uh, the video of Obama uh, that was basically taking. There were a few. There were a few different videos, but uh, it's this AI technology that allows them to to take audio and merge it into a video. So basically, he's saying whatever was spoken. Now there's now tools that can take your voice and make you say anything, and then you match that uh, the the AI pieces that do that. And then you match that up with this piece that uh, has you visually saying anything and it syncs it to the audio. So in one of the cases, they took uh, an inter- I think it was maybe the first interview with Obama for sort of, you know, 20-something years ago yeah. of him talking as a, as a youngster. Yeah. And then next to it is him saying that as his you know current as his current day self. Right. But he's saying the words that he said sort of 20, 25 years ago. Um, so yeah, these these sort of th- threads of um, technology, and mm. you imagine applying some of that sort of, I guess, fakery, mm. uh, and just hand it all over to the to the AI. Um, it's going to be really hard to actually yeah. know <laughs> what's real yeah. and what's not, and yeah. it could be done at the drop of a hat. So you might be looking at the stunning scenery. Mm. And actually, the next stage of the AI is actually creating it from all the things that it's seen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a little bit of New Zealand over here, yeah. uh, a little bit of Ireland, a little yeah. bit of Scotland, a yeah. little bit of you know yeah. wherever. Yeah. Mix and match it all together, and you're like, "Wow, that's great! I want to go there." Mm. Um, and and you can't <laughs> because it doesn't mm. exist. Doesn't exist, <laughs> and we you know we might well be seeing seeing yeah faked. Uh, you know, faked, you know, news content and so on that goes beyond yeah, our, our so-called of, sort of, mm. you know, fake news of today. Yeah, where actually you've yeah. got somebody saying something yeah. that they never <laughs> yeah. said, and maybe that person never even existed. Yes. So maybe we'll see the rise of you know a set of tools that verifies that this is authentic. And absolutely, I was you, thinking exactly the same. How can you analyze digital content to see, you know, is it stitched together or, you know, is it is it just a natural image? Yes. You know? Um, I don't think we've seen much of that yet, but maybe mm, we, we, mm. we may need some <laughs> some sort of metadata. But track, of course, yeah, but of course, if you've got an AI that can recognise the difference, then you've got a you know at some point you've sort of got a black and white to say this is this isn't fake. Mm. And who's deciding that? Yeah, yes. and then once you know what the algorithm is, it's a little bit like a spam checker, right? Yeah. Once yeah. you know what it is, there's a sort of cat and mouse game. So you sort of say, oh, well, that once. That one's fake, so you just play around until until the algorithm says it's it's legit. Yeah, right. So yeah. Um, we, we've got a few interesting challenges <laughs> ahead. <laughs> yeah. 
a few holes to patch over there. I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh well, fun fun times for uh, for for those in the the world of uh, technology to deal with. Now, um, closer to home, Vodafone New Zealand made what I would say for those of us who who like to travel was quite a pleasing announcement uh, late last week. Is that they've. Um, and this seemed to be picked up first by Travel Talk, the online Travel Talk community, mm, yeah. um, which I'll, I'll mention as that's something I'm um, involved in. Um, so anyone that wants to look up the story, traveltalk.nz. Um, but this is, a, is an increase of Vodafone's uh, $5 a day mm. roaming, which looking looking back online, actually, I, I asked Vodafone this afternoon if they had a list of how many countries you used to be able to roam to on this $5 a day uh, deal. And it's now up to 72 countries, but they didn't have what the list was prior. But just a quick look online suggested it was maybe three years ago, something like 23 countries. So Mm. it's it's actually been a really big increase. Mm. And I was personally hit with this last year when I went to uh, Canada was the downside of not having that $5 a day roaming option. So it was hugely expensive to roam in Canada, particularly if you wanted data, and quite complicated in terms of getting set up with local SIM cards. And in fact, I think what I worked out was it's cheaper if you want to roam in Canada if you get a SIM card in the US <laughs> on a certain plan and then you take it into Canada and then you... Then you, uh, then you yeah. Anyway, so a, really a bit of a nightmare. So really nice uh, that one, but there's there's a whole bunch of other um, countries that are that are in there uh, now as well that are going to make life a whole lot easier mm. for uh, for those that are that are travelling. Still mm. not everywhere, but I guess this sort of is a is a reflection of Vodafone's. Um, well, Vodafone being a you know, big international company that they're able to uh, establish these arrangements. And it puts, um, you know, a, an uncomfortable pressure, I suppose, on uh, Spark and Two Degrees who don't have the same sort of pulling power to negotiate these these types of deals. Mm. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm just not sure. I mean, it's been a few years that Vodafone have had their $5 a day uh, roaming and just mm. a, a very quick explanation on what it is. Yeah, basically, let's say you travel to the United States, uh, you pay five dollars a day to have access to whatever the, your New Zealand plan gives you. So, if your New Zealand plan gives you, you know, unlimited calls, then you've got unlimited calls. You know, in terms of taking calls and making calls mm. um, within yeah certain constraints. Um, and the same, you know, if you've got if you're on a plan with six gigs worth of data, then you've got six gigs worth of data when you're, you know, when you know that you can be using, um, you know, some of that, some of that while you're there. Mm. Uh, so yeah, a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good arrangement, and and nice to see uh, to see that it has um, has improved. But they've still got um, a couple of other zones where you where you pay those big. Uh, roaming rates and so they've got their zone 2 which uh, covers certain parts of Europe and and other places around the world where uh, it's $15 for 40 megabytes worth of data and then the rest of world block it's $30 for 5 megabytes worth of data 
Um, you wouldn't want so, to leave your roaming on. So it, it gets mm. uh, it gets pretty expensive. So yeah, the idea that five dollars you know covers you for yeah. uh, uh, for a day if your existing plan is uh, it's, it's good to see China enticing. and the daily roaming. That's such a broad landmass. Yes, mm. yes, lots of coverage. Yeah, there's a whole. I think there's a whole bunch of additions there in uh, in Asia, and I think in in Europe as well. Of course, in Europe, and I, and I don't know how this is going to play out with uh, Brexit, uh, but it's been it's been a number of years coming where the EU were yeah, forcing telcos to effectively do away with roaming when you went from one you know one mm. country to another. Mm. So. It, it makes it a little bit like it is in the in the yeah. US. Each you know doesn't matter. You're going from one state to another. Yeah. It's very much like that, uh, and it seems like that that has just been enacted in in the far, past few weeks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, with China as an example, the fact that you use your phone to pay for everything these days, like through WeChat, means yeah, nice. if you have your data plan, you know, you just pay at the restaurant if you don't have it you're kind of scrambling around or asking a friend to pay for you yeah yeah that's handy so do you spend a bit of time in china yeah i'm a, my wife's um, from shanghai so i go there at least once a year and mm. heading there in october and we're going to go over to the west part of china so the yunnan province oh, nice. and uh, yeah it's all wechat there and it's just the way it's done and it just keeps growing and you know my wife's mother who's in her 70s uses wechat to pay Wow. For her groceries, so it's very, very mainstream. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And so, what did you do last last time you went in terms well, of? Well, I was there two years ago, and right. my wife had a, had her own phone there, mm. um, so that's how we got in, into WeChat. Mine was a, a brick, <laughs> so as in I had no data. It was just right. um, whenever I had Wi-Fi. Yeah, right. Um, so obviously, Wi-Fi was patchy. It's probably fairly ubiquitous now over there, but. Uh, it's really great to spend a bit of time over there because you can see how fast they're adopting some emerging tech. And yeah. yeah. So it just builds everything to your cell phone contract, is it? For each change? I don't think it's... Well, it's an app. It's not linked to your right. data contract. Mm-hmm. No, it's just um, it just uses whatever data, whether it's... 4G or Wi-Fi. Right. So you yeah. could but, do it but, but on you Wi-Fi. Need, but you need to have yeah, you need to have data of, yeah, of yeah, some yeah. some oh, sort. You need to tie back to yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when um, when I spent a little bit of time there. It's a few years ago now, and yeah, we had to jump through some hoops, and you know, a local um, helped me get a local SIM card, but. Boy, it's annoying having to go through those hoops, and particularly if you're visiting a country for a reasonably short space of time. Yeah, you don't want to spend, no. you know, an hour or more having to, you know, faff around and and, and try and sort that that sort of thing out because yeah. your yeah. time's so valuable. If uh, yeah, certainly if you're just there for two or three days. Yeah. Um, so, and that's why I've tended to keep some SIM cards yeah, active for US and. Uh, Australia, so that I've always got a big, yeah, big chunk of data mm. in those locations, and because I carry multiple devices, yeah. there's a convenience. And also in the, in the US, uh, it's I don't know. I've I've found that a lot of people there aren't familiar with calling international numbers, so yeah. just keeping a local number is actually uh, something that's quite useful. But this uh, this certainly will make make things easier from that roaming perspective. So yes. kind of kind of pleasing actually. So um, 
Now, uh, the, the, we, we're going to dive in and chat um, a little bit about my experience with unlimited uh, data. I signed up for, uh, two degree, for a two degrees SIM card just to try out their new unlimited data plan. And I had spoken to two degrees and to Spark um, and asked both of them, oh, well, you know, I'd be keen to try out your unlimited plan. And they both sort of made some comments and I think... Um, but nothing eventuated. So the other day I thought, well, okay, well, I'm sure people are curious what these plans are like. So I signed, uh, I signed up, and so I'll chat about that shortly. But I was thinking, why a Vodafone, the odd one out, who don't have a, uh, an unlimited data plan in New Zealand? And it dawned on me if you put that together with the five dollar. Uh, with a five dollar roaming deal, <laughs> yeah. um, that could be a very expensive nightmare for uh, <laughs> uh, for Vodafone. So, if they do end up uh, launching an unlimited uh, data plan in New Zealand, like what we're like what we're seeing from the competitors, I imagine they would have to exclude that from their um, their five dollar roaming, which would be. Which would be a little bit messy for yeah, them. Te- yeah. Technically, could they pull that off? Yeah. Yes. So, so they may they may just sort of stay out of uh, of that particular um, space at least for for the immediate mm. uh, future. So, I mean, we we'll see. Obviously, there's some uh, some difference between how Spark and Vodafone, uh, Spark and sorry, Two Degrees are doing their unlimited plan. And so, I've been dabbling a little bit. Um, the I think it's the the Spark and the the skinny uh, variants of the the service. I think all of them are doing it. Uh, off the top of my head, it's about one hundred and twenty nine dollars a month or or, or thereabouts, including uh, GST. So, in the scheme of it, it wasn't too many years ago. I think I used to spend about three hundred dollars a month to run my mobile. <laughs> Um, yeah. These days, I think we would probably virtually run the whole. You know, I can run about ten people for mm-hmm. for that sort of uh, that sort of figure. So mm-hmm. our prices have uh, uh, have come it. come down a lot. But I guess there's a, there's a lot more connections, and somehow our uh, our telcos uh, still seem to be in, in business. But uh, yeah, it is it is a mind boggling when I when I look back to how much how much I used to spend on a mobile, but it seems these unlimited plans are, are a pretty good, uh, pretty good deal. Uh, in terms of things that I did to, uh, to try it out in the last few days, I was sitting, um, I boarded a flight in Christchurch, Christchurch to Auckland, and I was sitting and thinking, hmm, I wonder if, if I might want to watch something on Netflix while I'm on the plane. Um, so before departing, um, I chose a few shows to download and uh, 600 megabytes worth of data just, you know, popped down. So I think it was a one movie and two, maybe two episodes of, uh, um, one or two episodes of a show uh, that that came down. And that came down pretty quickly, I've got to say. Um, Pretty happy in general with uh, two degrees, LTE, 4G LTE uh, performance in those scenarios. Not in every situation, and you know, I guess it's to it's you know it's fair to say that the their network isn't um, as uh, capable overall or as as fast overall as um, as as Sparks and. Um, you know, overall, probably have had better experience with with Vodafone in terms of performance yeah. to to date. Um, but yeah, for an unlimited sort of scenario, we actually just don't have to think about your data usage. 
Yeah. It's quite nice. Whereas in the past, I just yeah. never would have imagined mm. that. I would always have been a little bit cautious. No, well, I don't. You know, I always want to leave a little <laughs> bit of headroom, so I'm yeah. I'm not going to go and download a gig, a gig worth of yeah. stuff. And you and you probably could do that, maybe, um, you know. Once a month or something, yeah. but mm. of course you want things you can just you can do whenever you want. Mm. Um, so that was useful. I had to do a, a TV interview with um, uh, f- a, an interview for TV Three on Friday, where they called me up and said, "Look, can you do this thing? Look, we're happy if you just sort of film it and 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 ping it to us." Um, and so that was another scenario where just having that convenience of of knowing ah, I can record it and it's it's not really going to be. It's not going to be a, a, a stress, which was quite good. And it would work for those field cameras where you need to be able to send files from the actual camera back to a, a station or something for yeah. everything. You mm. can just use those unlimited plans. Mm. to. I'm not sure whether officially you're supposed to use no, the Sims in those not. scenarios, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but uh, yeah, I'm sure there, there will be some of that. And, in fact, I had, I had a scenario in the last few days where the internet, the UFB connection where I was, dropped out for some for some reason and I just you know broke the rules a little bit on the agreement and tethered uh, tethered my laptop for a few minutes yeah. got what I wanted done and uh, and then you know went back on the connection they don't have any on. way of detecting that you're tethering right? well somebody somebody tells me that at a they network do. level that there is some some stuff they mm-hmm. could do I haven't sort of dealt heavily into into it in terms of how they would or wouldn't, yeah. um, how they would or wouldn't actually analyse that. So my initial thought was, no, they can't. But I, I have been told that they can. They can do some analysis right. and uh, and 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 figure that out. So um, yeah, it would. I can yeah, I can imagine some ways in which they would be able to figure out yeah. Yeah. You know, what what's what's happening there. Um, so. But yeah, you might be able to get around that by you know piping it through a VPN or something yeah. so that they can't they can't really see <laughs> yeah, what yeah, yeah. what you're doing. Just make it too confusing. Um, yeah, and then yeah, I think yeah the the main thing that stood out to me is it's just it's hard to um, underestimate how good it is just to not have to think about data. And I think most of us have probably been on unlimited mm. connections in our workplaces yes. and in our yeah. home environments for a long time. And you just don't think of that constraint. But in a mobile world, it's always there's always that things scarcity. that we wait for Wi-Fi yeah. Yeah. and so on that you, you just you just don't do. Like yeah. if you, you download a whole lot of footage mm. uh, or you, know, you take a whole lot of photos and video and so on. Yeah. You think of well that that'll synchronize up to the cloud, or yeah. I can yeah maybe if it's something big, you think of maybe sharing that when you're back on a Wi-Fi uh, connection. Mm. Whereas this scenario, you just turn off all those constraints and away, away you, go. you go. So it's one of those um, last worry factors around technology, isn't it? It's, it is really yeah. Mm. Just things are abundant now, and you know, I remember Gmail in 2005 when it came out. It was wow, unlimited space or as much as all you can eat and yes. the rest gradually caught up and yeah, but it's, it's, yeah. it's great. And, and yeah, that, that was an interesting one with um, Gmail. A friend of mine was one of the very early employees at, at Google and you know, sent me an invite and was like, wow. This is, <laughs> yeah, uh, do you remember that? This was, is so amazing. Yeah, it was one of those and, first uh, yeah, People were scenarios. lining up. I think it was one of, the first, one of those first things where you could you get an invite to the service yeah, oh, yeah. and so people yeah. were you know, pa- passing, uh, passing invites around and yeah. oh, it was so exciting. Um, 
yeah, whereas now it's like, oh, you don't actually get that much from these, <laughs> these guys anymore. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, but then you don't pay for it, so you can't complain. Uh, you can't complain too much. All right, so um, on to other topics now. Just because we've been talking about um, Tolco type stuff, we should talk about the new handsets from uh, Vodafone. And I guess the the reason that I I you know find it interesting with um, yeah Telco's releasing their own sort of branded handsets is. Is just that um, certainly in the case of these new handsets from from Vodafone, and we've got a couple of them here. Um, what have we got? We've got uh, this one is the there's the Vodafone Smart V8, which is a three hundred and forty nine dollar uh, handset, and when you when you look at the uh, specifications and capabilities of it, it's not a million miles off what our you know, top-end, uh, you know, thousand-dollar-plus uh, type handsets mm-hmm. are. Um, and it's got Android 7.1, so it's actually, you know, quite quite up-to-date. Um, it's a 5.5-inch, I think, full HD display, um, reasonably large 3,000 milliamp-hour battery, um, 3 gigs of RAM... <laughs> fingerprint reader and a, a 16 megapixel um, and 8 megapixel mm. cameras. Now, yeah, these cameras are, are not going to be anywhere near what you get on your uh, on your iPhone uh, 7 or 7 Plus yeah. or on your um, uh, Samsung Galaxy S8, but for the money they're um they're, they're, they're reasonable. They're not not too, you know, not too bad. So we you know, we're really starting to see some um, some pretty nice features come through, mm. in in quite you know quite accessible sort of you know, price points mm. I suppose. Mm. So if you don't need those top end features, and yeah, the you know the processor in here isn't the same as what you're going to get in a in a yeah fifteen hundred dollar phone, mm. um, but you do have a you know you've got a octa core uh, yeah processor in there, mm. um, and yeah three gigs of RAM and. Uh, uh, 32 gigs worth of worth of storage, so you know I think um, probably pretty good within a you know f- certain scenarios. Maybe you've got yeah. you know somebody in your family who wants something fancy, but a little bit hard to justify. Uh, maybe yeah, younger member of the family that has to pay for it themselves. Um, yeah, I think you look at those sort of business scenarios where a business really wants to put smartphones in everyone's hands, mm. and they'd like to put something quite reasonable, but can they justify we have fifteen hundred dollars or or so for yeah. for every handset? Um, yeah, maybe maybe not. In mo- you know, most cases when you look across businesses, they're not really geared up to to do that as well as staying on top of all the other uh, technologies and 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 things that fit for for staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that to me seems like a um, a reasonably good option. You guys had a little bit of a look. Yeah. How do you feel about the the you know, it looks the quite sturdy. Yeah. The, the build quality was mm. was quite good. It felt you know yeah. not too heavy. Um, looks re- pretty polished. And if you think about the spec on that phone, that was probably state of the art. What yeah, I was thinking three that. four years ago. Yeah, yeah. you'd be quite yeah, happy with that. We were here. You were here on a podcast, probably talking about the latest high end smartphone, which yeah. had that spec. Yeah. And, you know that that pixel qual- or the camera quality as well. You know that's just kept progressing. But it it's like that 
the lowest common denominator. I'm not saying that is, um, but yeah. mm. the general basic smartphone just yes. is maturing in in abil- capability. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean to me, it, it, yeah, it feels like a, a nice uh, phone. It it's sort of reminiscent of you know some of the HTC, uh, you know, phones mm. of the, of the last few years with the. Um, um, sort of yeah, steel surround and the, the um, you know the buttons and mm-hmm. and so on um, yeah stereo speakers on the yeah. on the bottom yeah. um, there are certainly some you know some things to differentiate the the higher end phones for sure and you know it's not waterproof and you don't have yeah. the same range of accessories and wireless charging and and so Finding on a but, case might be but how many the, times do you need waterproof or wireless oh. charging. Um, let me tell you about the two fights I, <laughs> I, I, I ruined in Raratonga, but um, um, that was me. Uh, yeah, I'm not actually sure what the exact causes of those were, so mm. I, I haven't highlighted those on the podcast before. But um, you should. My only word of warning is: be cautious with taking phones in the I always in go the to ocean. the waterproof case when I go in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, in general scenarios, it's and especially mm. when you know the the price is so mm. much lower. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think you can complain too much, uh, and probably what we'll see is within within a, a, you know a year, two years, we'll mm. sort of start to see these branded type handsets mm. probably have some sort of uh, waterproof type capability mm. as that yeah. thing gets, um, you know, becomes more more accessible. Mm. Um, interesting stat that was uh, mentioned to me um, was an, a, an indication. Um, that the Vodafone sort of own brand of handsets are something like the number three smartphone brand uh, in New Zealand by uh, by sales numbers. So mm-hmm. um, selling more than um, you know, sitting behind uh, Apple and and, and Samsung, uh, which is quite interesting. Apparently, they've sold about seven hundred thousand um, right. units. So. Um, they have here again. It's one of those scenarios where they've got a slightly unfair advantage with the other telcos because it's something that Vodafone do on a global basis, so they're yeah. able to yeah, get prices down quite low yeah. and um, and do a you know, um, reasonably sharp pricing. Now um, there's three there's three handsets that they've uh, they've just announced. And the pricing varies from 129 up to 349, depending on the specs. But they're all Android um, in Nougat uh, 7.0 or, or 7.1. Um, so they're pretty up to date, mm. which is one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of the other lower the cost older, handsets, yeah. you know, cheaper phones from the likes of Samsung and Huawei. They're often actually running an older version of Android, yeah. which is not really a position you want yeah. to be in. Is to buy a new phone it doesn't even actually have the current software on exactly. it. Exactly. It's always interesting to see how often they bring out the updates for them as well. Yeah, these lower cost phones. It, it seems to be quite quite variable. Mm. Um, you know, Huawei who have been you know pushing really hard to sort of build their brand. I was looking at some bits and pieces recently, and they they seem to really be sort of falling off in terms of delivering some of those those updates, which mm. I thought was disappointing. I think um, you know Vodafone, they you know they partner with different companies. I think it was ZTE and Alcatel that have produced the phones for them uh, mm. this year. Um, they it does seem to vary how they go with those updates. Mm. So you know, the, I think it's sort of buyer beware. There's no guarantee, especially <laughs> yeah. on lower cost handsets. Yes. You've got a much better chance on those those top end handsets mm. of, of getting an update. Mm. But if you're yeah you know, if you're buying at these sort of price points. 
you expect to be missing out on on something, on something. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to at least yeah be getting a reasonably current um, um, version of Android mm-hmm. on the phones at, at, at launch time mm-hmm. anyway. So. Um, now with I've got here uh, what do we got the the uh, V8 and the whatever the other model is the N8. Um, and we will give these away um, to listeners. We'll we'll probably cover off the details next week after I've actually had a chance to have a bit more of a, a play with the handsets. Uh, but if anyone is interested in um, in scoring a free handset, uh, basically it doesn't matter whether you sign up now or when we give full details next week, but uh, just jump on and sign up for my email updates at paulspain.com slash updates. And we'll um, we'll pick someone that's uh, um, on the on the list to um, uh, to win those. So yeah. Cool. Now, so much going on in the sort of telecommunications world lately, isn't there? Like, there is. um, Flick Electric. Oh well, no, Slingshot. First of all, um, who you know we know as uh, as an internet service provider and, and a telco. Um, they bought a power company a few months ago, and uh, today they sent me a potato clock. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I guess uh, their way of um, just highlighting that they are now fully in this uh, power game as well. Uh, so like with Trust Power, who you can buy your electricity, gas, and, um, and internet from, uh, well, they're they're in a, a similar boat now. So slingshot.co.nz slash power for those that are interested in actually seeing um, seeing what you're doing. Now, Theo, you've mm. used um, Slingshot's power offering before? No, not Sling... Uh, power Shop is who I was oh, in okay. the past. Okay. But I, was, I, I have been a Slingshot um, customer in the past for broadband. Yeah, okay. I, f- I found them pretty good. They're a little hit and miss with the customer support. But okay. I always really liked them, but it just had to change providers because of where I was living. Yeah, 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 and this idea of buying electricity and internet from one provider—I like the idea. I mean, if it makes life simpler, <laughs> you don't have multiple bills to pay, and you save a little bit of money along the way. I mean, for me, I guess it's uh, you know, being an electric car person, I want to be able to get a good rate for charging my car. So if you know they can throw that in too, that's always good. <laughs> Free power for charging your EV. Exactly. Let me charge my car for free at night and I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think um, there's definitely a lot of potential with the, you know, the bundling and, Mm. um, but I see with Flex, you know, that there's obviously a saying geek zone, there's a lot of keen uh, people that are, you know, monitoring closely power prices and that. So when you're in that bundle scenario, you kind of, you're locked in a little bit, but the convenience of that's bound to outweigh the, um, for for quite a few consumers like ourselves, I think we just mm. you know that bundle is attractive. I think and yeah, yeah, and and, and it's fair to say Slingshot have usually been pretty competitive in terms of uh, you know their their pricing. Mm. So I think they're offering uh, was it ten percent off your power and ten percent off your mm. uh, internet uh, bill, something a lot along those lines. So, you know, if you're getting a, a, an extra discount for having both with them and their prices are uh, reasonable to start with, then uh, that can be quite enticing. And, 
yeah, I guess we, we, we see a mix of those sorts of things across other providers, for instance, uh, yeah, I have a Vodafone uh, you know, ultra-fast broadband connection at home and as well as the, the discounts that are you know, quite common across providers for home connections at the moment, you get the first six months for half price and so on, there's an extra $10 uh, discount because my... Um, my mobile is with with, yeah. with Vodafone, you know, mm. even though that's with the business and and so on. So um, there's some there's some reasonably good offerings out there, aren't there, at the mm. moment? Mm. So. And it's interesting; it's coming from both angles. So Slingshot, hey, let's buy a power company and then <laughs> Trust Power. Let's let's, let's get onto the internet, and you know, it's kind of, it's a convergence, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next few years. Is there going to be room for smaller, smaller players longer term? Does everything just consolidate until <laughs> until not. it's all you with know, Amazon and we have yeah. we yeah. have you know yeah. virtually no choice? We've yeah. got one or two just massive players yeah. who dominate and destroy yeah. everyone else. Yeah, I just came across um, Amazon's vision. I think it was their vision or mission um, that we want a slice of all economic activity wow. in the world. And I thought, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's and as much of it as possible. Yeah. 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 So um, they're coming for everything. Yeah. But it's, it's impressive. Yeah. I, I, I'm still not sure how to, how to feel about, you know, some of these, some of these changes that are being thrust upon us. Obviously there's, yeah, there's real yeah, benefits to, yeah. to, to bigger players and, you know, hence why Amazon uh, has become so popular uh, because they've got such a broad range of of uh, of offerings, both in what they sell, their, their cloud services, because they're easy to deal with, and they they've you know got um, um, uh, an ability to subsidise really anything that new that they get into to win market share. Mm. Um, although they haven't always dominated in the fields they've been in, I was in a uh, a bar in the US last year and they had uh they had a couple of i think tablets and one of them or maybe one of them was a smartphone but one of them was handling the incoming uber eats orders uh for food deliveries and the other one was handling uh orders through amazon have launched a similar service in the u.s where you can order food and it will be uh delivered and you know the comment was, and I think this bears out probably in even terms of the media coverage we've seen ab- about it, is you know there just hasn't been much uh, buzz around you know Amazon's um, you know fast food delivery or you know delivery of, of of restaurant food and so on. So they're there doing it, but it's not obvious to most people, and most people aren't uh, using it. So yeah, right. they're, they're not dominating everything that yeah. they're no, doing, yeah. uh, fortunately. Competition's healthy, yeah. It yeah, is, exactly. it really is. Um, and, and yeah, to, to take your comment, uh, Mike, around um, Flick, and, you know, we, we've, uh, we've talked about um, Flick Electric on the, uh, um, on the show in the past. And, you know, in fact, if any listeners that, that didn't hear that episode, um, you can go back and, I think, hear the... Uh, um, the CEO and, and, and founder of um, of Flick on one of the previous episodes, but they're you know they're one of these new school um, you know tech enabled uh, electricity companies that are using uh, the smart meter that that sits in your home, which you know pings back um, on a whatever it is half hour or hourly hourly basis with with data to your to your usage, 
and their model has been something I think has you know, really attracted a lot of attention. Mm. Um, there's also uh, uh, Power Shop and um, Electric, Electric Kiwi that have been you know, particularly playing in that in that space. Uh, but their offering really looked as though it was you know, generally probably the best value way that you could buy uh, buy electricity in New Zealand. Mm. Um, but a few people are feeling a, a, a little bit worse for wear uh, with the the weather issues that we've had in mm. New Zealand over the last couple of weeks, and so you know some of those electricity rates have really peaked. Mm. And yeah, the 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 flip side to getting uh, electricity really really cheap when the when the wholesale rates, are, what the um, what do you call them, the, the spot rates are. Uh, um, are low is when these sort of situations happen. You might be paying a lot more for your electricity. Yes. Uh, so there's some interesting discussion there on uh, on Geek Zone, wasn't there, with, oh, yeah. with, with it's, people's it's, commentary? Yeah, and, there's some really clever clever geeks on Geek Zone, and you know, closely monitoring uh, the spot prices. And there's even a guy who had a, a, a light bulb that changes color to tell him what the spot price is. I thought that was great. Uh, so when the light bulb glows red, you yeah. unpl- you run around yeah, and yeah. unplug <laughs> all your yeah. all your appliances immediately. Yeah. And also, if you're a, a single uh, single person, you have a better chance of controlling your it's power like, usage. Yes. But if your if your other half is upstairs having a long bath or shower, it could just throw everything yeah. <laughs> yeah. off kilter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's uh, it, yeah. It's interesting to see the ways and you know which people are now you know. Tying things together, and I guess you know we have some pretty smart technologies, and and mm-hmm. you can, you know, trigger all sorts of things, and and, and you know, invent your own things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess the 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 red signal, you know, you could tie it up to some sort of wearable that gives people an electric shock if there's <laughs> too, much, the uh, too much power in their room, yeah. or or you do it right across the family, so everyone has yeah, to work yeah. together so that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, some some interesting mm. uh, interesting possibilities uh, there for sure. Now, a um, couple of other stories I wanted to just chat chat through before we finish up. Um, one is just a, a warning about uh, be careful about what you tweet. Uh, <laughs> in this particular case, I you know I think it's um, well. The the headline that Stuff published was Ryanair wins three hundred and eighty six thousand uh, dollars from a Twitter user who posted a terror threat. So, yeah, it, it's it's fair to say that the individual here who thought that they would get away with this anonymous post maybe disgruntled with Ryanair in some way for for some reason. Um, Will be feeling very much worse for wear with with a bill like that. You know, I don't know whether that's enough to to bankrupt this indiv- individual person. And you know, it's debatable whether that's a that's a fair figure. Although, yeah, if Ryanair have, have claimed that, then you know, it sounds like the the impact of this particular uh, tweet. And the tweet read, "Hello, Ryanair. You have fifteen minutes before I commit the biggest." terror attack the UK has ever seen on one of your planes be ready now I hope somebody doesn't snip that little comment out mm. in audio and do something nasty with it <laughs> um, it's got me saying that um, but anyway 
the yeah, you can imagine that would have, would have really cost them dearly. Yes. And, but it, it, I guess it's nice to know that there are some consequences for people's actions in the digital world. But it's also a warning for us not to be, you know, doing uh, doing silly things in in an online context, thinking that we're can we're protected behind <laughs> our 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 smartphone screens or our our uh, laptop screens and so on. Right. I guess yeah. it applies to any digital channel, not just Absolutely, Twitter. Yeah. It's an email or. A phone, you know, even a phone call, or, you know, the same type of trace back should happen. Really, mm, mm. and people have been doing it for so long. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think people are just lulled into this false sense of security, mm. security that they can do anything. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it used to be, um, yeah, uh, sort of phone pranks and so on. Mm. I seem to remember was a bit of a, yeah, one one of those things <laughs> that uh, young, youngsters used to, used to do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but of course now the consequences can be can be you know yeah. so much yeah. uh, so much bigger. Mm. So yeah. Um, now I saw some news coming through that um, BMW have um, have done a uh, and Microsoft have done a deal whereby. Uh, Skype for Business will now be able to uh, operate within people's um, BMW vehicles, <laughs> which you know, I, I guess if you you know if your organisation has has a fleet of uh, BMWs, then you basically can connect people into meetings from uh, from anywhere, and and of course you always could via conference calls mm. and and so on, but uh, you know actually having um, uh, having that capability sort of uh, built into the car. Now, I'm not sure how how far that will go in terms of, um, you know, displaying video and the richer content that you can do within mm-hmm. uh, Skype for uh, Skype for business. But, yeah, it's um, it's kind of curious to see our, yeah, our vehicles getting much more sort of tied in from a technology mm-hmm. standpoint. And I don't know. You know, Theo, for you, this mm. is one of the things that sort of yeah. you know keeps you interested in what the likes of Tesla and 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 so on are doing, because no longer do we have this, you know, this car that is primarily sort of you know combustion engine and 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 non tech stuff, because they're, yeah, they're getting more deeply embedded, right, with with technology every day. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I always loved about them is you know I understood it all and it all kind of made sense. As if everything's kind of talking to each other and you can get in there and change things and. You know, it's not no longer just this mechanical thing. <laughs> yeah, really using that technology. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I guess with Skype for Business and that integration, they're prepping for driverless cars, aren't they? Yeah, so absolutely. That it's obviously not going to be very safe to watch your colleague in the other end of a Skype call while you're driving. Well, they're demonstrating yes. something to you, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I think when you can take your hands off, and then you can have uh, your business call and. Um, but it's it's kind of eroding that last bastion as well, where you can't just uh, turn on the NZ Tech podcast when you drive home. <laughs> when you drive you home, I know. So what's going to happen? Are we, is everyone going to stop stop listening? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, there's going to be some certainly some changes of habits. I, it also mentioned that um, their integration with, with Microsoft Exchange, which you know, for a lot of people these days will be will be Office three six five, but the you know email and contacts and calendars and uh, to do lists and so on that that's going to be tied in um, to the car's voice and and navigation yeah. systems as, uh, as well. I don't know how important that you know the, all of these pieces are because mm. I'm not sure. 
I mean, it does. It, it matters to a degree what the car can do, but of course, we're tending to have a smart device of some form, yeah. um, and and will do for a long time, I'm sure. For now, it's our it's our smartphone. What it will be a few years down the track, I you know, mm-hmm. I'm not sure exactly what that'll look like. Um, but yeah, in terms of how much smarts you actually need to have in the car, I think that's that's open to some debate, and I'm not sure how important that particular piece needs to be. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I want to be having to put credentials into even more, more devices, uh, devices yeah. and so on and, and be worried about somebody um, you know, being able to get into, get into my information that's yeah. now mm-hmm. also synced with, uh, with a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's all, it's all part of the picture, I suppose, um, and we'll, we'll certainly see that sort of shake out over the next few years and, and yeah. you know, landing in an, in an autonomous mm-hmm. world sort of mm-hmm. definitely changes the picture. I think there's a big place for the invisible user interface as well. So, you know, yeah, that's yeah. got a screen there, but, you know, chatbots are all the rage and um, that ability to just talk and you know, Google Home, Alexa, integration into cars and all that uh, Absolutely. Will, will just make it easier to yeah. interact with technology in a car. Mm. And yeah. I just talked to Siri in the morning, you know, for my information. I won't generally touch my phone. Yeah. I mean, first half an hour of the drive is, you know, get your mind in gear and the second is sort of plan for the day, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but of course, you know, we're going to have those assistants in so many places. Mm. We're going to need yeah, different ways to 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 interact with them. So the right, you know, the right things pick you know picks up because you you know you got it in your car, and if your car's not, you know, for me, my yeah, my phone is usually connected into the car. Mm. But if you've got the car having its own smarts, it's like, well, is the phone going to pick this up? Is the car going to pick it up? Yeah. Um, who's the know, master? Yeah, yes. what, what's going on? And uh, yeah, who's 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 allowed to listen and who's not? So, I mean, those are things that are probably not too hard to, um, you know, to, to, to deal with, of course. Now, on to another topic. Uh, we've had this situation actually in New Zealand for a number of years where uh, customs can actually search people's uh, smartphones mm-hmm. and, and laptops and you've got to give them your, your credentials. And, you know, a lot of people are up in arms about happening in the US, but it's actually been the case here in New Zealand uh, as well, and I think probably for for longer. Um, but uh, there was some media coverage around that in the US, and it, it says that um, the the current um, um, legislation there means that if they do get hold of your device and um, um, you know want to search your phone, they're actually not allowed to examine the data that you've got stored in the cloud. Mm. So I thought was right. uh, was kind kind of curious and and at least a little bit re- reassuring. Yes, um, but yeah, it's still kind of weird knowing that you can cross a mm. uh, cross a border and um, and have them basically you know, get it get it all your stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, I can I can understand we we want to you know protect our our borders. Uh, mm. But it's yeah, still it's still a it's still a, a a weird new world this digital place mm. in which we live now because we've got a, a lot of the tech companies providing guidance to their employees that are crossing borders and it's quite elaborate yeah. the process you need to go through to you know clean your devices and then pull everything from the cloud when you after you cross over it's <laughs> it's just it's painful I'd say mm. um, yes so at least getting it in writing and officially that they can't touch the data is a step forward. 
Have you, uh, you know, and I know this isn't isn't your area, you're probably not even allowed to talk about it, but have you heard anything around, you know, changing travel patterns into the into the US because of yeah, because so that, of this? What yeah, are, that yeah. is um being discussed internally and yeah. So the, I think there will be some communication there, but not at liberty to okay. dive into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah cause, you know, I imagine there are yeah there are, there are some scenarios where yeah, people just aren't aren't bothering um, because of the Sorry. because of the hassle. Yeah. Um, there was something we we didn't mention previously, but I think it was in the news um, a couple of weeks ago. Is that the the legislation in New Zealand is actually going to change? And going forward, um, customs are going to need a reasonable cause uh, if they're going to search your your laptop or your phone um, at at the border. So, yeah, that seemed uh, seemed quite uh, positive to me. And I think TVNZ had uh, managed to obtain some uh, some figures that indicated thirteen hundred. Um, there were 1,300 uh, situations, maybe 1,300 people, where they were digitally, and in quotes, strip-searched um, over, over the last four years. Uh, mm. So where you had to hand over your device and credentials and allow um, customs officials to uh, go through and you know have their way with your data, mm. um, do whatever they wanted to want to do and have a, have a poke around. Yeah, um, so it's not super common, but yeah. that's that's mm, still um, that's you know still you know a few hundred people a, a year. That, mm. You know, r- around one a one a day that they that they do that too. Which mm. you know, in that sort of context, maybe they're already to a degree um, only doing it in a scenario where they have have some cause anyway. Mm. So it might be that mm. it, that it. That all it does is formalise how they're operating internally, right? Mm. Yeah. Because I can't imagine if, you know, generally if you're working in customs that you'd be just wanting to randomly pick someone, pick someone and out go, of a crowd, go, go through their, their yeah. stuff. So, yeah. You'd have to have some lead or something. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, um, I guess it's, it's the, Scenario where things keep changing, government mm-hmm. has to keep changing to sort of keep up to try and protect us, but try and keep some balance. There's a whole other discussion we could have around what's happening uh, in Australia with the government wanting to, uh, um, you know, working on, on putting rules in place around access to encrypted data, mm-hmm. and there's there's you know a bunch of things going on around that, including I think Indonesia uh, where there've been some terrorism sort of situations that they're, they're trying to address so yeah. um, interesting times ahead mm. as we, we try and uh, uh, yes. deal deal with these challenges perils of end-to-end encryption yeah. <laughs> yes and um, and whether governments um, I think there, there was a quote and maybe it was from um, uh, from the Australian Prime Minister saying that uh, you know their, their legislation was um, um, was going to dominate the maths, um, so uh, you know they put putting legislation in place would uh, um, would allow them to do something that might have been mathematically impossible. Do they have um, a quantum computer? Maybe or, <laughs> they're not telling well, us. Well, well, that that's something that could change the uh, could change the scenarios. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there's, there's certainly 
some some potential, I suppose, to see certain services blocked if they don't uh, comply. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see what yeah. things uh, play play out there, but uh, uh, continues to be challenging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that desire to protect citizens, but sometimes it goes too far, and yes. then it's then it's brought back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's just some things that you you can't do, right? Yeah. And uh, like stopping stopping progress, you yeah. you just you just you, you can't you can't turn back the clock. So <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's been great to have you both on uh, on the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Um, now, Theo, where do, where do people find the uh, New Zealand EV or electric vehicle podcast? Oh, well, funny you should ask, Paul. Um, just jump on uh, podcast uh, podcast NZ and, and subscribe there, or we're on iTunes. And um, yeah, we'll be trying to do a show every fortnight. So um, hope, we'll see how we go with fortnight. We might move up to weekly as we go along, but. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got two episodes up there, so please that, that's sign good. up. And how do people track you down? Are you on um, Twitter or what's Yeah, I'm on, I'm on everything you? pretty much. I spend most of my time on Facebook, but um, probably the best way to get in touch with me would be on Facebook or um, uh, under EV Builders or uh, Theo. Uh, you could get me online as well under evbuilders.co.nz. That's probably the best way. That's good. And Mike? Yeah, um, Twitter mainly, so at, at Mike Nooney. N O N E Y and LinkedIn. Uh, easy way to get me and always great. interested in having coffee with people. Yeah. That's great. Oh well thank you very much for uh for both joining joining the show. Thank and you. um oh just a, a, a reminder as well as the uh the New Zealand EV podcast, the New Zealand Young Professionals podcast, uh, that launched uh, last week and um, it's already been in the, the iTunes chart, so uh, that one's w- well worth listening into. It's some really good uh content there with the initial episodes. Um, and next next week we will do the um, um, those Vodafone handsets. If you're if you're interested in uh, in one of those, then um, yeah, join up at uh, to the my email updates paulspain.com slash updates. Great. All right, thanks, Paul. Great, thanks. Cheers. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Gorilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.